You are now entering the fifth dimension. Hello, fellow weirdos, and welcome back to another installment of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. And this is a very special episode, as in this is this caps off season two of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. This is our season finale. My name is Juan, and yes, I'm back at the intro, even though my brother over there, who who needs no introduction, is a uh, double major and got his doctorate in hating my brother, Luis. Man, come on, man, bro. Stop the bullshit. Um, <laughs> we all know that this podcast is yours, bro. You're the captain of the ship. You know, I realize that. I recognize that. Um, and, I, and I say this with the utmost respect to you. Uh, it's, only fit, it's only fitting, right? It's only fitting that you lead this ship, bro. I'm just a passenger in this thing. I'm a crewmate. And, um, and that's what I am, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. This is your... This is your baby. No, 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 no. We this we, we went into this thing with an understanding yeah. that this is a co-created podcast. I think you and I remember this, this thing started off with us talking to the, the four brothers. It was initially we were trying to get it. We were trying to get it, uh, trying to turn the engine. Eventually, we found that they, the engine was just a lemon and we needed to just form our own. Yeah, well, d- despite that, right, it was your it was it was your idea, your brainchild, your baby. So, as I understand it, you're the captain of the ship, as far as I know. And um, just I'm saying that with the utmost respect. And um, just uh, I, I want to say that in everything, there's um, well, not mostly everything, but I want to say there's like a hierarchy to this stuff, right? And uh, since this is your idea you came up with it um i'll say that yeah i mean it's even in your title uh editor right yeah but that's editor we're both we're both producers to this thing yeah but you're the guy who's making it happen yeah uh, but you write the script (laughs) you write the script um anyway Anyway. you're very you're being your humility absolutely precedes you luis and you're very very humble about this this was honestly excuse me excuse me excuse me Excuse me, sir. May I have a word? You have you have the floor. Uh, is there a difference between humility and modesty, or is it the same thing? Hmm. I think uh, modesty is when you play down, or when you're just like, you know what, my role wasn't as big. Humility is being uh, recognizing that you have a role to play, but you're still not giving yourself enough credit. I think. Um, well, let's say, let's say I'm just going to throw a dash of each. Um, all right. And let's just leave it at that. A dash, a dash of each. <sighs> we'll leave it at that, bro. Because come on now, this was your idea. I jumped on. I'm a fucking uh, crew member on this uh, ship. That it is your podcast, and I'm happy. I'm happy to recognize my role, and I want to help you in any way possible to just keep pushing this ship forward. I will only point out that our Instagram page and our everywhere that we have this podcast, it recognizes us both as co-hosts, as co-creators to this thing. So also uh, you're also downplaying the fact that you do the script. So let's, let's uh, let's also recognize that, that your, your talents have contributed greatly to this podcast. And uh, we, we, a dash of this, a dash of that, bro. We, we have, we wouldn't be able to be here, man. That's, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is that we've made it two seasons of the fifth dimension podcast. And here we are, 
uh, season two. We're wrapping up the season finale. Uh, we're we're coming at it with a with a I think an angle of to- of a topic that's very very interesting. Uh, and just overall, man, just uh, just celebrating the fact that we this is this co creation thing that we 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 created. People are interested in the, and they like to hear it. So to the audience out there, thank you so much. Thank you for voting on our polls, by the way, where we asked. Hey. Yeah. So hey, now, now that you mentioned the poll, um, so I remember last time you said that you opened up a poll about uh, what our listeners think about the introductions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the intro uh, is actually split. Fifty percent said you didn't do too bad of a job. People said that you did pretty good. Like it wasn't bad. Fifty percent also said we should just stick to the formula. I agree with the other fifty. We should just stick to the formula. (laughs) I think as we go, as we continue creating these episodes, we figure out our little voice. I think we've 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 discovered what works uh, with the podcast. So um, yeah, man. And we've been gone for God two weeks now, man. Yeah, I mean, shit. We had a lot of shit come up. Um, it's good to be back. It's good to be back to record this final episode. But damn, dude, we had to postpone this last episode. What two or three times? Uh, a couple times. Uh, one because uh, I know personally for me, I had to step away. Uh, I transitioned to a new job here at Colorado State University. Uh, I was with the Academic Advancement Center. I'm now working with C- uh, the CSU Online. Uh, mm. But you, man, you we we had to really pause because uh, there, there something happened. Yeah. So uh, I got fucking COVID, bro. Bro. Fucking COVID. Oof. And I was out for a full at least five days where I was, you know, if, if anyone has gotten COVID, you know how it is. Day zero, day one, day two, it just hits you like a fucking truck and you're out. You're mm-hmm. bedridden, mm-hmm. right? And but this time around, I was out for maybe day zero, one, two, three, and maybe even a fourth day where I was just feeling like shit. Yeah, absolute shit, man. Damn. And it took me some time to recover. I'm feeling better now. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could hear it in my voice a little bit, but I still have some like residual symptoms, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where it's, it's it's this it's this deep cough, and I'm still producing kind of like phlegm. You know, Oof. yeah. So that's what I'm dealing with right now, and it's just like, oh man, can I get good? Can I get good? And it was, yeah. That's part of the reason we postponed a lot was due to me. I fucked well, it up. And also, I think our schedules. Uh, you you had just started a new job, uh, and you were uh, working the, those extra long hours. I think that the job was sapping you. I was in the middle of a transition, uh, going from yeah. one job to the next, and our schedules just weren't lining up. Yeah. Now, it was difficult. It was definitely difficult to try to keep up with the podcast after, you know, your job and uh, me trying to keep up with mine and then getting sick all of a sudden. So, but, you know, here we are. Um, and that's what matters, right? Absolutely, man. Yeah. So we're here now. Uh, a little reflection on on this. I'll be honest, man. I, I really enjoyed the week off that I got because uh, I, I think I was sharing with you that I really wanted to focus on, uh, as you know, I, I run the another podcast called Let's Talk Trio. And yeah. that one started gaining a lot of momentum, and it still is. And I see the same thing for the Fifth Dimension podcast, to be perfectly honest with you. it's uh, Both podcasts are pointing in the right direction of where I think our growth should be. And it, yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. 
And uh, I took that week to be kind of my own uh, entrepreneurial boss. I'll be honest, man. I loved it. I loved the feeling of independence. Yeah. Um, but I think the the thing that still had me, you know, go back to work from uh, do a nine to five job or eight thirty to five thirty job for for those who really want to be specific about my schedule is that uh, there there is a safety net with uh, employer health insurance that I I could not overlook. And I was like, yes, uh, you know, the job is 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 rewarding. It's uh, it's beneficial to me. I love it. But underneath that, taking care of the family and and providing a safety net for me was the was kind of in the back burner, uh, kind of from the back burner into the front lobe of my brain, going, oh, okay, we need to really address this. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, it's very important, right? It's important to take care of one's family and to take care of oneself. Um, Absolutely. So. I mean, uh, oh, overall, what I want to just put out, uh, put, put or say right now is just, it's good to be back. Yes, it's it's good to be back, and it's good to know that we're being listened to. Right? There's yeah. uh, small pockets of people that are listening to this podcast, and um, it's 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 the wheels are turning. Right, the ball is rolling uh, for this little podcast, and it's, it's it's great, man. It's great. It's great to know, and it's good to feel. That um, that we're being heard. That Absolutely, the podcast is being uh, you know people are, are 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 downloading and hearing us out, and you know, which brings me to uh, to our main conversation, which is you know what I haven't heard or haven't um, heard or seen much anymore. And where's that? Those red pill and misogyny bros. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what? You've sent me a couple uh, of videos and examples of of these uh, folks. Uh, This is at the very top of that pyramid. You have like Andrew Tate and um, uh, similar uh, people that uh, embrace, uh, I want to say, permissive male culture. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. They were just... um... They're known as red, the red pill community and misogyny bros, where they just um, they focus on uh, the quote unquote manosphere. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess the incel community where they just um, I, I, and this is just me, uh, I guess, summarizing what I think they are is just a group of, uh, I guess, guys that are, you know, their mentality is towards, you know, I guess being superior because they're male yeah it's based on this idea that uh, males should be alpha males right this this idea from a debunked already book even the author himself uh after so to give the audience some context the uh the author that we're speaking of was a very much a um a nature uh uh, he he, i'll I'll just word it this way he uh, observed uh, a lot with wolves right he he observed reported and in his initial reports he had founded that uh there's an alpha male wolf that leads the pack everybody else kind of follows the alpha 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 wolf uh to at 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 that wolf's lead um after many many years of observation people started debunking that he, he even noticed that and he said you know what uh, my initial report i i made a mistake there is no such thing as a alpha wolf uh, or lead pack 
uh, person, there's uh, or uh, wolf in this case, uh, that everybody in the wolf pack contributes something, right? Uh, but uh, I want to say as early as mid 2000s to now, there has been this very uh, explosive movement of men who have adopted the alpha male uh, mentality and have tried to, uh, you know, the, you, you hear the podcast, you hear the YouTubes or you see the YouTubes. Uh, and their idea here is to uh, persuade young men to follow a particular lifestyle. Yeah, and it's it's very strange that they think that this. Uh, I'm guessing this uh, this mentality and lifestyle that they adopt is um, like you mentioned, alpha male, and I guess their idea is that they're going to be at the top. They're going to try to, you know, um, kick, punch, scream, yell, crawl over anybody, and do whatever it takes to be. Uh, that number one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all with a mis- all with this misunderstanding of what it means to be a leader and what it means to be a man. I think absolutely. Um, I, th- I think that uh, the red pill community, the misogynistic community, uh, tends to warp uh, what uh, years of of understanding what leadership is. Right? They, I, I tend to think that these misogynistic type look up to the fifties and sixties version of males who were bosses in, in, in private corporate America, where they got a lot of, they got away with a lot of crap. Right. Um, and I think they admire that the no accountability and being able to do as you please. Yeah. Well, I've, I've always found this red pill community and uh, these type of guys, I find them a bit strange, you know, because at their core, it seems that they want to, it seems like they want to focus and improve on themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to they want to focus and gain uh, the materialistic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the surface, it sounds like something enticing. Oh, you know, go to the, you know, I, I guess for the stereotypic red pill, uh, gym bro, red pill bro, uh, misogynistic bro, that, you know, it's, it's go to the gym. Get big, get fucking, um, get you know, get that six-figure job, you know, get, get that Bugatti, and to me, it's just it's it's fucking ridiculous, man. Like, let's say, let's say this, let's say all that happens, right? All all the men in the world choose to be uh, in that lifestyle. Uh, then what, you know? Then what? Uh, it, it, I, and what I what I what I found what I seem to find. With this community is on the surface again. It sounds enticing, but as one starts to feel, uh, uh, as one starts to peel off the layers of this shit, one finds that the message is very twisted on uh, what it is to be a leader, what it is to be a a, a man or a male, and um, what it means to, I guess, nurture. Because. Mm-hmm. But- in my mind, they're, they're, the message is very twisted. They're twisting something, and it doesn't doesn't seem right. See, and I and I think the audience would would ask you, Luis, is where does it begin, right? Uh, and me not having a lot of exposure to uh, the mis- misogynistic or the red pill community because um, one, I, I feel like it's just uh, something that I, I 
not automatically drawn to. But two, um, it's I think it begun it really begins early, right? It, it, it's almost uh, built in socially for social acceptance, right? They they're seeking the people that are uh, they're feeling like social outcasts, the the ones yeah. that are, don't feel like they belong in a community, right? Uh, uh, they they're real, uh, this red pill community, the the misogynistic community is is uh, in the background trying to reinforce the negative uh, feelings of, uh, of the outcast of the person who feels like they don't belong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I go back to, I go back to that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, bro. Like, again, what is their end game here? You know, what's the end game where every man in the world is living that lifestyle, adopting that mentality. And then what do you got in the end? You got a bunch of these, you know, you got a bunch of these, uh, same idiots walking around. You know, it, it seems like it's a recipe for disaster to me. Like, oh, what's no, the totally. end goal? What's the end goal for everybody to be? Everybody in the world is going to get that six-figure uh, job. Every well, not everybody in the world, but every so-called subscriber to this, uh, everybody's going to have that six-figure job. Everybody's going to have that fucking gym body. Everybody's going to have that fucking Bugatti. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to have. Uh, you know, I, you know, I don't. These, their sexual uh, things yeah. or whatever they want to think just because they think they're strong. I, I'm going to throw something in there that I think will, uh, and this is just a working theory, right? This is, this is yeah. just my observations from what I've, what I've learned about the red pill community, what I've, and only really, as you know, I, I absorb a ton of podcasts. I, I listen to, to learn, to see how we can improve. Um, so I do come across like, uh, the Charlie Kirks, the Andrew Tates, and all of those podcasts that exist out there that try to reinforce the traditional male role, quote unquote, um, that they believe, right, so strongly should be in every male. Uh, and in these podcasts, what I'm finding is that they always peddle something, whether it's a protein bar, a uh, powder, uh, something to help enhance your masculinity. These guys are charlatans and they're just selling men products. That's all they're doing. That think 700 club think all of these other far right uh, organizations that are peddling your, the, the, your insecurity. They're peddling your fear. You love capitalism. Yeah. And, and they say, right. Capitalism. Oh, awesome. And innovative. It's not, it, it, let's, let's put it out there. Capitalism does not spur innovation. Uh, creativity does. Create the the ability to create outside of this box. Uh, that's what spurs innovation, not mm-hmm. capitalism. Um, uh, capitalism. One. I, 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 here, I'll I'll put this for capitalism. It does promote competition, but at an unhealthy level. Shit. At some point, it's not even uh, it's not even uh, uh, equal competition. It's just no. It's not. It's just uh, two or three companies selling different type of shit. And right. And, and we can get we can get broad with companies, but I'm going to I'm going to bring it back down to the Andrew Tates and, and the like. Yeah, they're yeah. peddling insecurity. They're, they're selling uh, they're selling ways to mask insecurity to men. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's their whole message, right? Because they see, well, Andrew Tate said this or so and so said this. So now I right. got to be like that, too. Right. So immediately there's that message of insecurity. Absolutely. Now, now they feel like in order to be like their role model, they have to do certain things. And on the surface, again, on the surface, it sounds good. Like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get myself fucking fit. 
and uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to set goals for myself right. and uh, I'm going to be top dog. And that's right. right. The, the, the underlying message of that is, is, is part of it is good, right? Yes. Set goals for yourself. Yes. You should be working out, exercising, uh, keeping yourself uh, at least healthy at, at minimum, trying to, trying to promote yourself uh, uh, health wise. Right. Even if yeah. it's not that, uh, some things that the, the misogynistic post podcast or even the red pill community, what they don't talk about is the healthy eating, because uh, when, when you die, when you get into that rabbit hole, I like to call it a black hole. My brother Luis knows this because uh, we were talking before the show and I said, these misogynistic podcasts, these very extreme red pill community, they really like to peddle a, a diet that that says, if you don't do this, you're not a man, right? And it pr it promotes this like almost cyber bullying, almost internal bullying that happens that uh, to me is mind blowing because like you said, it, it starts off with that very, a good quote unquote intention. Uh, and then it builds into almost the self-loathing, self-bullying to, to quote unquote, keep improving, get better. If you don't get that job, uh, then that's a failure. You got to really reflect on yourself. And and now you got to look at the next job, get that six, like you were saying, get that six figure income. If you don't have a Porsche by 24, then what are you doing with your life? That type of rhetoric uh, is only poisonous to the mind to me. But here's the thing though, you know, what causes, what causes a, a person, a man or male uh, to consider or dive head into this manosphere this red pill this misogyny from you affirmations know, bro you know you know damn well that um there's a target audience for everything and it Absolutely. seems like it seems like this message is being pushed onto young adolescent uh boys right or young adolescent teens sure um that you know and their their minds are very susceptible um to this kind of message and you know with this type of message, with this twisted message, I think it could warp young minds and then create monsters at the very end, you know? Absolutely. And I think, I think that's the danger here is that instead of, instead of shaping uh, men of thought, you're creating men of rot. Hmm. Right. And, um, I think that's I think that's the problem, the target audience, and what the message does does to that person uh, at the very end, you know, because they say the mind they say the mind the the brain doesn't fully um, mature till about age twenty five twenty six or at least that's what the brain science is right. And I'm thinking, man, if you're getting, if if, if the message of these guys right, if the message of these podcasters. Are to say, you know, hey, you know, a, a lot of these guys, a lot of these kids that listen to us, they're from, they're even as young as, uh, you know, nine, 10, and up to, you know, adolescence. You know, that's, that's quite an age to grab somebody and say, hey, hear me out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then warp them, twist them with that message. And then now those, those individuals have a warped sense of uh, reality. Mm hmm. And I think that's the danger here. Absolutely. I think it's a combination of things. One, it's uh, preying on the susceptible, uh, preying on those who feel already outcasted. I also believe that uh, social construct play plays a uh, heavy role in this, because if you've got religion or uh, some so sort of faith-based organization that promotes 
the submissive, uh, the, the rhetoric of the submissive wife and, and the dominant husband, right? That that can also be dangerous. These, there's a lot of mixtures here that uh, are already playing. And then uh, how how those traditional roles or how those roles are defined within the community. Um, uh, it just takes one person, right? To say, well, I don't feel like that's right. I don't feel like uh, I should be picking up after myself. I feel like someone else should do that for me. It just takes that one time to feel uh, that you're entitled to something or that something should be served to you automatically because you're a man. That right there uh, is uh, the recipe for disaster. It's, it's drawing the person to like, somebody has to feel like I feel, right? Uh, then they start looking for community. And um, well, if I, if I may, let me cut in. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Excuse me. Wouldn't you say that this community of, of, of individuals, wouldn't you say they, uh, wouldn't you say their foundation is based on um, like, re like rejection, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think as much, as much as we, we tout acceptance, uh, as much as we tout uh, the, the ability to get along with others, right. Um, forming community is important for people. When you feel outcasted by a group, and you're looking for affirmation and acceptance anywhere, uh, even if it's toxic, you'll get drawn to the ones that have affirmed you and have, have told you what these feelings that you're feeling, uh, not only are they accurate, but let, let us tell you how that is wrong, right? And, and we're going to, quote unquote, deprogram you when they're in fact being programmed to to exactly think like the gym bros and the, the, the red pill community that they're being wired to uh, precisely think in line and fall in line with the red pill community. But again, I mean, their rejection is based on, I think, not only in communities, outside communities, but I think it's focused on, you know, um, I don't know how to put this, maybe you can help me here, but based uh, rejection on, let's say females. Um, oh, so you're saying uh, rejection from the opposite sex. Rejection from the opposite sex, yes. And I think uh, I think that is the underlying thing, or that's the highlight that these that separates these groups from other communities where they feel but like they need to because I, I think, of rejection. I, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I think yes, that, that that's one factor. I think there's also multi-layer factors when you look at uh, when I say rejection. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, a, a feeling of rejection from the opposite sex could certainly uh, contribute to that. Uh, but I, you know, witnessing some of the things that I've, I've seen uh, from uh, young adults who say, you know what, I feel like my ideas are being rejected. I feel like my thoughts are being rejected. I feel like this community doesn't accept me for who I am or what I am. Uh, and I'm trying to find someone that can affirm me. So I think it's multi-layered. I think it's uh, uh, a, a desire to be accepted by your beliefs and, 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 a, and a desire to also seek uh, individuals who can confirm what you feel and uh, reject, right. What might be the most dominant uh, narrative, or it could be um, a dominant uh, a belief in acceptance. And uh, people may feel uncomfortable with that and say, you know what, I don't, I don't align like that. Um, one example I can give you real quick is, uh, political, right? Our political ideologies are right now split and our country has uh, never been this divided. And at least not to my, not, not to my recent memory, uh, this country really feels divided. Yeah. Uh, I have a point. So 
Uh, fast forward, we, you know, we had the whole Trump election thing. Um, uh, Trump was really appealing to those who felt that traditional roles should be reinforced at the home. And I think when Trump lost and there was a resounding rejection of his agenda and as, uh, of his administration, uh, people felt outcasted, right? They felt like, oh, well, there's uh, if they reject Trump, they're going to reject me. Uh, I I stand for male traditionalism, right? And and all of that to say that political... I, I just, let me add something real quick, man. Yeah. So w- with the Trump thing where you had... A- in 2016, when he was uh, when his campaign won, you had all these motherfuckers come out of the woodwork, right? Mm-hmm. All these, uh, all these, um, all these little shadows coming from the woodwork, uh, and they're just you know wrecking havoc with their again like twisted minds or twisted ideologies. Um, and then when Trump loses, you know they're being pushed back, you know push push them back to obscurity, right? Mm-hmm. And yet they're not they're not gone. You know, they're, they're still wanting to fight back. They want to hold on to things that are um, a, a thing of the past. And uh, I think with, with these guys here, you know, with, with this group of, of with this group of guys or with this group of individuals in the manosphere or whatever, um, it seems like they belong to that group of, um, uh, you know, of, of shadows where there's just like, hey, guys, you know, like, we see your message, but in, in in a world that's just in a world that's progressing, in a world that's changing, you know, uh, forcing your message, your twisted message, forcing your twisted message onto the world is not going to help you. You know, if anything, you're causing more uh, more harm than good. I think. I think that's a great point. Um, and, I th- and, I, yeah. and again, what do they want? Uh, they were rejected. So now they feel like they, they must have some type of revenge, either on, you know, I think for most of these individuals, uh, revenge on women, right? Mm-hmm. Revenge on the opposite sex for their for their mistreatment and their rejection. And again, with that rejection, a want of status and power. Mm-hmm. I think you answered the question, man. I think you're, you're answering the the at least the end game of the person consuming this type of media and consuming this type of rhetoric that's their end game but but again it's like what you said earlier it's just uh capitalism right they're it's capitalism pushing, feeding into they're, it absolutely they're, they're pushing they're pushing and they're peddling their product because as we know not everyone not every individual not every man or male in this world We'll pick up the same mentality. We'll pick up that message, and they're going to be, you know, honky dory for the rest of their life, right? Yeah. Everything's going to be just fucking fine. No, uh, eventually, when you got the same type of fucking guy running around, they're going to bump into each other, and they're going to want to fight. Oh well, if I'm alpha male, then who's alpha male? I'm the only one here. And then you're just going to have a bunch of idiots trying to compete with one another now, you know? So they started off saying, "Well, I'm the alpha. You're a fucking beta." And eventually, when all all you got is alphas, well, I mean, who's going to be the beta, right? Mm-hmm. But even that, man, moving beyond that conversation, because again, uh, the the original author of that even debunked himself and said this is this is inaccurate. People have debunked them several times over. Yeah. Uh, and this belief in an alpha just doesn't exist. Uh, I think there are social contracts that constructs that have allowed such a personality type to exist. Uh, 
because when uh when when we look at athletes and we say oh man that guy's got an alpha mentality right that um they they've got to be they've got to go after uh uh if you're if you're talking about basketball terminology uh they're after the ball they're they're sacrificing their body to to make sure that, that the team secures the win but even in those sports analogies uh the alpha the person leading a team is contributing right they're, they're giving back to the team by saying um a lot of people would say kobe bryant uh rest in peace kobe uh that he was an alpha leader that that person uh i remember dude i remember when kobe uh was talked about as a person who would constantly score but would not share the ball right and then in documentaries when you hear kobe talk about the game and how passionate about uh how he was about uh playing basketball uh especially for the lakers um he observed each of the players that came in to play for the Lakers organization. And he knew right off the bat who had the work ethic, who uh, was willing to make the sacrifice to make the team better. And he said, you know what? I only pass the ball to the people I can, I knew I can trust. It was nothing to do with about being alpha. It all had to do with uh, Kobe Bryant understanding who his teammates were and who he can trust. I would say, like we said before, I think, um, the message is not really a selfish one, right? Yeah. But more of a, a nurturing one where you can be a, a mentor, right? Yeah. You can be, uh, uh, and, I always, and I've always said this, I think it's important to be more men of thought, right? Than men of rot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what we need. I mean, uh, and you get motherfuckers that say, well, no, there's those who do and those who don't, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, when you're just sitting there thinking shit will pass you by. And, you know, that's the, in some circumstances, that's true. Right. But again, the men of thought, a man of thought will know there are certain circumstances where I have to act. And then there's most of the time where I have to fucking think. Yeah, absolutely. Right? true. I think it takes, Again, a man of thought to distinguish these things and not just be a quote-unquote alpha bro out there where everything, every problem needs a fucking hammer to fix it. Yeah, and I think there has been discussions already about, right, uh, the situation when you think about uh, when to throw the hammer down and when to precisely uh, put and strategically put the nail. (laughs) Otherwise, you're, you're hammering at a drywall and breaking it apart and destroying it. Uh, yeah. you need a, you need a steady hand to guide the nail, to help it focus and keep it steady before you drive, drive it down with a hammer. Yeah. And, and again, I think there, the red pill, the manosphere message is more about devastation and, uh, demolition, right? Demolition and breaking, uh, rather than building and nurturing, um, and being men of thought and creating other men to fucking be the same, you know, to be, to be able to think, to be able to deduce, to be able to see, you know, another, another fellow man in in, in trouble or in struggle and say, Hey, do you need help? Uh, How can I help? Yeah. Instead of just saying, Hey man, put some dirt in that shit and fucking walk 30 fucking miles. You know, I think I think that's absurd. I think it's a stupid message to send to anyone where, yeah. you know, circums- a man of thought would, I think, would say 
circumstances will dictate what you do. Uh, and again, I go back to not everything fucking needs a hammer, right? Every man should be at least, uh, at least knowledgeable, at least familiar to have like, um, and just to stick to the analogy of tools, a, a tool belt with different options. Absolutely. Yeah. Not just, I'm, I'm going to fucking grab my hammer and I'm going to fucking do this. And you know what? I'm just going to fucking hate on this, hate on that for just no fucking reason because I think I'm the badass. I'm going to get my Bugatti and say, where's yours? Yeah. You know, because uh, I'm better than you now. Yeah. I, I think, uh, if, no I may, if I may, if I may, uh, the, the toxicity that comes out of that culture bleeds into uh, social life, into finances, into relationships into a lot of things right you we've heard the podcasts we've heard we've heard the sound bites of uh even uh uh the opposite sex uh being being told right that they should be submissive and then they create this uh shot subgenre of women who who are like yep that's what i want is a, a male that can that can dominate me uh or uh, i think in the community they call it uh or around the internet they call them uh, pick me girls the, the ones that uh, feel like mm. uh, I, I need to play the role in order to be appealing to the opposite sex. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's toxic. It, it, it permeates a lot of aspects of our lives. Uh, that includes relationships that includes our finances, especially what your point earlier about uh, I'm 22 years old. You should have a Bugatti by now. Uh, I, I'm 22 years old. I've, I already hit my first million. Where, where, what are you doing with your life? Right. And then when you remove the facade, right, you see the the help they got along the way if they did get the million uh, for a majority of the TikTokers or the video uh, creators or content creators that are out there. Uh, so some of them are proven later after the fact that they never really indeed hit a million dollars or never really came close to that. Um, it's a facade. It's, it's, it's selling this image and we go right back to capitalism and how it... Uh, as much as it touts that it, it spurs innovation, it continues to churn out the worst individuals who talk about uh, masculinity in a toxic way. Yeah. And I go back to, I go back to, uh, okay, so you have your Bugatti, you got your six, you got your six figure job and you're doing what you want for your lifestyle. And, you know, that's good for you. You know what? Good for you. You, you did what you wanted to do. Um, and, you know, but now you're trying to tell me that because of this, you are better than me. And I think this is where the message becomes kind of fucked up, where now you're telling me you're better than me. And mm. the, I think these individuals truly believe, yes, I am better than you. I earn more money. I have my fucking badass cars and you don't. You're living like a fucking punk. Right. And, and to me, that's if you can say that. If you can say, after I ask you, you think you're a better human being than me? And, you're, and your answer is, yeah. That tells me everything I need to know about you. Mm -hmm. And about this message, that it's trash. It's trash. Absolutely, man. Even despite your riches and your claim to fame or your, you know... Uh, your 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 message that you want to perpetuate uh, it still doesn't make you it doesn't make you what you think you are making yourself yeah i think you're only fooling yourself you know and um 
That could, I mean, that's just me talking. What do I know? I don't have that six-figure job. I don't have my Bugatti. Um, but does that mean I'm not rich? I don't know. I, I think, and I think you've hit a good point. I think uh, this toxic masculinity has also uh, redefined wealth. Uh, as uh, you said, you pointed out earlier in the episode that it's now materialistic. And that's unfortunate because uh, wealth can be defined in a, in a multitude of ways. But uh, they, this toxic male culture has really focused in and honed in on material gain. And the, the sadder thing is that now if you have debate bros with this mentality and say, well, then you define what, uh, what this means. What makes, what makes this this? And they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to corner you. You know, and that's why I think debate again is just lost its edge mm-hmm. and lost our where now they're trying to corner you into saying what they believe, right? Mm. Where you're now you're going to contradict yourself, and they're like, well, um, you know, if if if, if it, traditional tradition traditionally males did this, traditionally males did that, is that not true? Is that not true? You know, and and they'll they'll come at you with that angle, and. Um, you look at them and you're like, you want to feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. You want to feel sorry for them because their fucking smooth brain can't get past that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're operating with a reptilian smooth brain over there. <laughs> where they can't, they can't think again, go, I go back to the tool. They can't think other than Hulk smash, hammer smash. You know, and to them, that's that's traditional, right? Men take charge, men do this, men do that, and um, you know, they they. <laughs> what's strange is that they talk about manliness things or manly things and all this other stuff, but they never have once ever. Well, at least to my knowledge, it's like uh, for the most part, none of these or some of these guys haven't done any of these things that they claim are manly you know they just they regurgitate a message and i think most of them haven't done anything that they preached um you know uh, of course there's some exceptions you know like um what like tate where he's a kickboxer a lot of people would say that's fucking manly as shit you know fighting in a ring and uh you know no one's gonna take that from him uh, yeah, sure. I'll take it. I was like, "Hey, you go, you, you the know, man was found with a with a sex trafficking trafficking ring, and uh, again, a lot of males looked up to him. But this this is to- toxicity at its highest form. He was he was reaping. He was trying to reap all the rewards, get away with a lot of breaking the law, and this is that that is permissive culture. Yeah." Yeah. Um, but my thing is, is where you're, you're not going to take you're not going to take his uh, kickboxing away from him or his record or whatever he holds in that. That's his. I'm not saying that that's not, you know, that you can't do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I am against is the message where. Like you've been mentioning all this time that where it becomes toxic, it becomes twisted of what what manly things are. Right. And it's just like, um, I think it's absurd. It's absurd to, to say, 
this is what you should be doing. And this is, this is what's traditional. Um, and if you don't do this, then you you must be just a beta. Mm. Right. And, um, it's just not, it's not fucking true. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just not, you know, we live in a world where, um, where, where things just, there's a, there's a lot of things that happen in, around our world and having such a narrow view, it, it just, it doesn't ring true to me. Right. Yeah. I think that narrow view that they hold is just, it doesn't ring true to me. You know, it's, um, it's almost like a superstitious belief to me. Yeah. Where you're holding on, you're holding on to your, you know, your, your, your little torch and your little pitchfork and your, you know, your fucking in the dark with your mm-hmm. torch and pitchfork mm-hmm. fucking saying, I'm a man, I'm a man. But there's nothing to show for it. I think like, okay, yeah. And, you yeah. know, the, the world is wide. The world is big and the, the world changes. Things change within the world. And to, to say that things cannot and must not change is strange. Yeah. Strange. Very true. Very true, man. But I don't know. I guess I'll bring the question back to you, just to maybe wrap things up. What are you? What are your last thoughts on this, man? I mean, is there some redeeming qualities to this philosophy, or is it just trash? I think when you try to say redeeming qualities, you're trying to. Uh, the, the idea is to say, is there is there something we can salvage from this, right? Yeah. Um, I think the idea of community, the idea that um, men can be support to one another, uh, that's the silver lining. But it was so heavily weighted on the toxic stuff that we need to pull the, the positive things out from it and rewash it and rebaptize it and 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 really purify these ideas because uh and I've, I've seen the tiktoks i've seen the videos where uh a, a guy uh gets into a relationship the relationship doesn't work out so now uh the community of men right uh either it's very healthy and it promotes a healthy relationship with men and uh continues to promote right continue uh seeking relationships it's okay or the toxic uh, type where they say you know what women uh, are not your they, they they don't deserve your time king uh, you you just pump iron, get buff, get fit, and uh, don't worry about her anymore, right? Uh, so there's the definitely those two uh, ideas that are floating around, and and lately for me it's been uh, this uh, this uh, di- diving into finances where the finance bros are telling you invest in stock, invest in crypto, invest in this and that and that. The senses are overwhelmed, and yeah. the idea to try to get this million dollars by the time you before you even graduate high school it is ridiculous and it's absurd like you said uh so again my school of thought here is two two ways we can either salvage the good parts purify them and say we can build community it needs to be supportive and it needs to create a relationship uh, not only among men but 
uh, among women too, that includes women. Because again, it's far too easy, far too easy for men to get together. And then suddenly uh, you have uh, this idea that women need to be bashed on or uh, are seen as objects. Um, I think uh, a, a healthier step uh, for men to do and as a community is to see women right as our are not only our equals but also to pave the way to say you know what you have uh you have much to say into our growth as as we do so just to just to go back on one of the fundamentals here where we think rejection seems to be uh the key point right how would you right. solve in your in your own words and in your own mind, how would you solve if we if we really think that the problem is rejection and the rejection kind of stirs these uh, negative feelings, right? How would you go about and saying? And I know you said there's a silver lining, but what? Is, how would you heal this rejection? It, it I think it goes okay. back. How to... do you how do you push back this? Um, how do you push back the message? This toxic message. And, and healing this rejection? It's one, challenging the individual that's already in it, being able to provide supporting resources like counseling to help them get out of it and deprogram them from that belief. From the outset, for those that are getting into the pipeline, it's being able to identify the, the, the signs early enough to create a dialogue between uh, that person who is now getting sucked into it and, and challenge, challenging those views, challenging their perception and saying, if, if truly going down this path uh, is, uh, is positive, right, for them, would it, would it be a net positive to uh, cut off people in his life? His, uh, would it be a net positive for this person to uh, really remove uh, that sense of, uh, this, this, this sense of community that was, uh, could have potentially been there and then they're feeling rejected um would would they gain a net positive of being in this other community that promotes a lot of negativity so that's that's my answer in two fronts would you say that um would you say that having that community of mentorship and nurturing would help these uh rejected individuals I, I think so. I think having a supportive resource, a supportive community, uh, uh, at least one that uh, can create and uh, promote growth, um, because that, even the toxic communities, right, uh, they're, they're promoting their own growth in, in their own way, in their yeah. own kind of warped way. Um, I think we, uh, we have a responsibility to identify best practices and best ways to approach to help the individual grow past this toxic masculinity that is very prevalent. Like I said before, man, I think it's important to be more than anything, especially now in uh, today's society and today's world, uh, to be men of thought and not men of rot. And with that, I think it's important again to realize your realization of reality. Um, I think it's important for each and one of us to work our, in our own individual levels of consciousness, strive to be aware 
strive to be aware of people and moments that pass us by. Folks, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists has the Doomsday Clock currently set at 90 seconds to midnight. We should make every effort to be a little bit more conscious of one another. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for everyone for for, uh, downloading and listening to us. Oh, shit. We we should really just cap this off saying we finished season two. Uh, Again, thank you to the audience. Thank you for your support. Uh, The the Fifth Dimension podcast will be back uh, for season three in 2024. Uh, In between that, uh, Luis and I will be researching, looking at topics, things to talk about. Uh, We're excited for season three. More Uh, 1v1s. More 1v1s, according to Luis. But we're very excited. I think the the Fifth Dimension podcast continues to grow and it's growing in the right direction. Uh, We appreciate the support uh, and the downloads and the listens and the feedback that you all provide. Thank you. Please like, share, and subscribe to the Fifth Dimension podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. Fifth Dimension podcast team is Fernando Rivas and Jose Rivas, consultants, Luis Rivas, script supervisor, music composer, performer, and co-host, Juan Rivas, producer, pre- and post-production editor, and co-host. The Fifth Dimension podcast is a production of the Authentic Voices Network, LLC.